In today's episode, we sit down with the folks from Tome of Summoning to talk about how they got into D&D, their latest projects, and we ask them about how they run their games, so stay tuned. Before we dive in though, make sure to check out our sponsor, Roaming Player Gear, for all your tabletop gaming needs. Roaming Player Gear has everything from dice trays to dice towers to even mini holders for when you're listening to this podcast while painting your minis. I love their products and I love the versatility of their products. You can use them literally for D&D all the way to Warhammer 40k. And honestly, they have a really great price point compared to their competitors. So be sure to use Roaming20, that's Roaming20, for 20% off your final purchase. Be sure to click the link in the episode description. All right, and we're live. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no Happy to be here. So for the folks that are listening right now, um, I have my friends uh, from Tome of Summoning. And it's been a long time because I wanted to, we've been talking about y'all coming onto the podcast. We've been talking about this for a long time and now it's happening. So I'm really happy and I'm really excited that y'all are here. Um, yeah, if you don't mind, introduce yourselves a little bit uh, to the audience and kind of tell them what y'all do. Yeah, I'll go first. So hi, I am Nayan and I am the business mastermind of this Tome of Summoning. My background is uh, from, I come from architecture. So I've been doing architecture for over 10 years. And um, even though I've been in the architecture industry for over 10 years, I feel like Dungeons and Dragons was the first time I felt the most creative in my life. Oh, wow. So, and that sort of triggered us to make this into our new baby and our passion. But uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's quite an introduction. Yeah. How do I follow that one up? <laughs> I'm Lee. I'm the creative. Uh, I'm the creative half of Tome of Summoning. Uh, I'm the one making all the art and you know knowing knowing all the tips and tricks. And uh, I'm the forever DM of the pair of us. Uh, she's my number one player. I'm and a forever I, player. Yeah, forever player <laughs> here. I'm the ever forever DM. It um, happens. I I have a background. It does. It does happen. I don't know if other people out there experience the same thing. Wink, wink. <laughs> but um, exactly. Uh, I I actually have a background in animation. Oh, cool. Uh, I used to do animation, mostly animation. Uh, I also do a lot of two D concept art, and uh, you know, a few things here and there. Uh, I was I was for the past ten years gravitating more towards commercial, corporate. Re uh, like I actually worked for Nike designing a bunch of uh, Sweet. working on the design for stores those big beautiful flagship stores made of glass and metal those things okay uh, and then one day i just played D, &D and it all spiraled out of control from there <laughs> and a great idea came to my head to make this tome of summoning and uh, now i am full-time making creatures for tome of summoning yeah full disclosure we're super noobs in the D, &D universe we are pretty newbies that is that that's not a problem because everyone's welcome to play D D and to be at the table so don't even worry about it and so okay so y'all came from really like more um corporate side of things kind of more of that um you know you you've been steeped into other industries right how did y'all come up with the concept of tome of summoning like y'all have been playing D, D, but how did that kind of meet well it happened really fast it did kind of happen really fast. Yeah. I I was flirting with D and D. Uh, I, I I play a lot of video games and uh, okay. you know The Witcher, Skyrim, all of the classics. You know, uh, good ones. And good um, ones. yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> the you know, important ones. The important ones, of course. Um, and it was it was actually at my job. Uh, my coworker was kind of floating the idea at me that. Uh, if you like this, if you like this, uh, this you know, video games and other fantasy aspects, you should play D and D. Mm -hmm. He introduced it to me. True. I started going to Adventures League games and uh, started learning the entire process through Adventures League. Eventually, I became a dungeon master for D and D. And uh, at Adventures League. At Adventures League. Oh, nice! Uh, like a dungeon master at, at Adventures League, and. I just started to apply my design mentality that I've been working on at Nike and through animation 
And suddenly I just started making my own prototypes of things. Mind you, mind you, this whole timeline he's describing was a matter of six months. So this is not a really long time. He, he got into D&D and started DMing and started playing with the ideas within six months of being introduced to Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I yeah, love that. I made fun of him, of course, for a solid six months. Nerd, geek, you know, all of that, obviously. <laughs> mm-hmm. Until he stuck into a game. Because uh, eventually I couldn't say no. And he suckered me into a game because I'm not as much of a gamer or anything. Okay. And oh my God, I've changed. <laughs> like I fell hard. I fell so in love with D&D the minute we started playing. And the, the game I'm referring to was literally a one-on-one. He was my DM and I sat there across the table and we played and it was so great. In fact, my Halloween outfit was uh, my character, Jean-Baptiste Grenouille, who is a very crazy character. I I love that. I love the fact that, like, well, fun, actually, I think it's really funny that you were like, oh, D&D, ha, ha, ha. And then D&D got you. D&D was like, ha, ha, ha to you. Now you love it. <laughs> you think this is a game? This is no game. This is yeah. life. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're it, it right. is. You nailed it you nailed it it is a way of life now because like now everything centers around the hobby like oh i need to buy these things i need to buy these storage things or whatever because of the minis and the paints that i have like it's a lifestyle now the movie and you're like oh that character is really cool i should do this in my character like when i'm playing next time like i should make this really sassy comment while doing this like crazy killer move and yeah, like everything revolves around it for sure. So I'm glad I'm not the only one who watches TV and movies and thinks, ah, oh, that'd be a really cool character concept. Oh, oh, maybe I should add this to my game. My players would really love this. Glad I'm not the only one. Oh, yeah, he he exactly. does it all day, right every here. day. <laughs> yeah, uh, but once, I mean, yeah, we, we fell hard into it, especially me. And I got the books and I read them cover to cover. That's how hard oh, I wow. was. Oh, wow. The court, like, you know, the player handbook, then the dungeon master's guide, Xanathar's guide. I just started chugging through the rules because it just, it just consumed me. And um, I just eventually started, while I was DMing for Adventures League, I was printing out, I, I really hated going into the books. That's why I read them all, because I don't want to keep opening these books. I just want to read everything. Yeah. I want to get it in the brain, and then I don't need to look at another book again. Uh, but that's or carry them or carry them around, really. Yeah. I mean, but you know, that's the that's that that's not true for everyone, even for me after reading them all. Uh, so I just started to, I would I would be at Nike, I would be sitting at my desk, <laughs> and I would be rendering things, and I'd be doing stuff, and so sometimes I'd have to wait between renders, and you know, it, it takes a little time to render. So I would just pop open Photoshop, throw on a bunch of like character, uh, <laughs> like um. Character blocks and stats, put them and organize them around, and then I'd print them on the company printer, and I would just be like, "Shh." Hopefully nobody from Nike. Hopefully is nobody. To this. If, if you are my coworker at Nike, ignore this entire thing. Or <laughs> but, maybe yeah. maybe someone at Nike was jealous because they're they can't play D and D and you can. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe you converted them. I don't know. Maybe I converted them, but I would I would I would print. I would print them out and I would cut them out there. And then I would go from work to Adventures League and I would try those new cards out. Oh, and nice. My players, yeah, my players loved them. Uh, I used art that was already uh, established, like already existing art. Mm-hmm. But eventually I started art and putting it on these cards and whatnot. And mm-hmm. players were just eating it up. They were just asking me, where did you get these? Or, you know, do you make these yourself? And I say, yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, enough interest started to get gathered around it that I said, okay, let's make a real thing. And then started play testing with my Adventures League DMs. That's awesome. That is, that's really cool that you were able to kind of like play test and not even almost like whether intentionally or not, like it was cool that you were able to have an air, uh, a place to play test and to say, Hey, what do you think about this? And get that real life, you know, reaction from players. So, in fact, mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go, go, go. 
In fact, he uh, didn't just pay tests with the players, but he also gave whatever he made to other DMs for Adventures League, and they play tested it from a DM's perspective uh, on their own personal oh, yeah. tables. Yeah. So it was play tested not just with the players, but also with Dungeon Masters. Yeah, I would like Dungeon Masters that. So every week was Adventures League. And so I would ask the Dungeon Masters, what characters are you going to use in your upcoming Adventures League module? And they would give me their list and I would just secretly print them out at Nike. <laughs> and then I would, I would give to them uh, when Wednesday rolled around and just like, hey guys, like look at all these fancy cardstock cards I print out for you. Uh, pretty smart not gonna lie hey and you know what at the end of the day i respect the hustle there's nothing wrong with that hustle is great that's the best part that that's yeah absolutely and you know what like i'm not gonna lie like i may or may not have done those types of things and at work i've either like written down like i i literally carried a notebook and actually probably have actually i have it here the folks at the folks in the audience can't see it yet, but I have this composition book that now can't be seen because of the screen. But basically, it's this composition book that I got at like the dollar store, maybe I don't know. And that I would carry this notebook everywhere I went, and like at work, take an hour lunch or whatever, however long I could write, 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 write. I would just write and write and write concepts and think them out and do all this stuff. And my gaming, um, my players, actually, we, cause we all played at, we, you know, we all work together. So like right when we would leave work and clock out, we would book a room because they're real, they're, the company's really cool about saying, hey, listen, like if you got to book a room and just kind of chill and do whatever, um, you can go for it. So we would book a room from like 7 p.m. to like 10 p.m., order pizza, and I would play test all my ideas and all my homebrew ideas and thoughts and kind of craft it that way. No, that's it's the perfect time to do it. I'm, I'm, I respect it. Yeah, I feel like we've had very similar stories from all the creators that we've gotten to know in this industry of like, you know, like people writing and play testing with friends and all. Mm. And it's just such a great um, experience to get to know people who are getting so creative not just with the actual content but with mm. their time with their resources and all that stuff like the one of the reasons why we also thought we should make this a product was because we found there were so many dnd players who would like do all these cutouts and like sketches and you'll find them all like piecemealing their ideas and how to present them to players and that's kind of why we're like you know what maybe there's a gap in the market where we could make something super affordable where you know because minis are really great we love minis but everyone can't afford minis everyone can't afford the space to keep the minis or transport the minis and also you might transport half of your minis to a game but what happens if you need something that you didn't carry with you and we wanted to come up with a solution which would be super easy and affordable for any and everyone whether you have minis or you don't and this was really like how we got there is it's it's kind of like trying to find a cheap way to do something oh, and then, I was cheap. yeah <laughs> yeah and then finding that uh, you can do it and in mm-hmm. a really affordable while still looking fancy and beautiful you know why why compromise for it's sure you don't compromise on quality but what you do is that you essentially make a product that's practical and practical doesn't have to be um it, it can have beauty within it, right? And that's what I love about these ideas that I've been hearing lately, and especially like with what y'all have, like I feel, and, and again, some folks may not like what I'm going to say. <laughs> I, which whatever, it is what it is. I like the professional DM gig, right? I, I think being a professional DM is a, it's a worthy cause. If that's what you want to pursue, right? If that's your passion, pursue it. And I feel like products like y'all's help in that manner, because like you just said, if I'm, a, if I am a professional DM and I have to DM a game from seven to nine, right. And I have to go to ABC company, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, for a company function, am I going to transport minis in totes like, you know, 
X amount high, or am I going to have something that's convenient and looks beautiful? I'm going to choose the thing that looks that's convenient to me and also looks beautiful because at that point I'm presenting to, you know, to my client and to my customer, which is, you know, X, Y, Z. And even if it's a game at a, at a store with your friends, it's still nice, especially if you're traveling, you can have everything there. So I really like the sleekness of it. And that that's just my opinion. I'm, I'm always going to be the person to say, especially if this is, you know, your passion and you're trying to make a living from it, you got to do stuff that's going to be practical for you. So anyway, exactly. rant, oh, um, <laughs> rant over. <laughs> No, it's a great, it's, 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 it's not a rant. It's kind of the truth. I, think. I like the concept of professional DMs because there's so many players out there who are desperate to play and they're just not enough DMs. Oh, yeah. And so, hell yeah, there should be professional DMs. Yeah, my Adventures League uh, store is just, it's always crowded. I, I, I mean, I'm a, like, I struggle with large tables. I like to keep my tables like five or like maybe six, but but mm-hmm. adventurers like no no you got to get up and go like those are rookie numbers get those numbers up you, know? <laughs> have, like, you have to get like 10 people in that table and i'm just like why it's not fun you know? i mean yeah i mean i mean like 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 i figure it out and i make it work but uh but i i mean at least when it comes to the transport of being this professional dm quote unquote i mean they didn't pay me they paid me in like Snapples and and and, <laughs> and uh, Snickers bars, but well, but, uh, you know, that's yeah. okay too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they would occasionally give me a box of minis for free because they're just like, Ooh. "Thanks for showing up." This was a busy day, so I'll just be like, "Yes, pay me in minis. I accept." <laughs> I listen. I will do some things for some minis. I'm just saying. Like, take that as i mean a box, a box of minis i mean take, you know take that as you will just saying uh, I, i'm a, I, I love dnd players uh, priorities are very skewed <laughs> 50 bucks now nah. what about these chess egg dice whoa 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 what chess egg dice are you talking about <laughs> yeah like wait paper money fiat currency what is this but minis now you're talking that's what i'm saying well my heart stopped Mm -hmm. Um, i mean i'm not gonna lie but but with regards to the whole professional dm or just appearing professional whether you're being paid to, to be a dm or not uh the fact is like if you like you want to reflect like you want to reflect um how you want to feel in the hobby you know you mm. like i want to grow up to my adventures league games and i didn't want to drag in like a like a like a a little tote or whatnot full of minis and like terrain maps and stuff like that that is that is fine there are people who love to do that but i couldn't because i'd be coming in from work and you know i don't i also didn't have the money to buy all the uh, all that paraphernalia so I just had a binder. My binder just had paper maps and paper minis and paper reference cards. I, you know, I had the core rule books, but those those books were typically handed out to players because a lot of people who came to the Adventures League were new. And so whenever I'd have the books, I would just say, hey, you want to learn about your character here? Like, take this book, you know? And they'd be like, wait, but don't you need it? I'm like, I've read it. All of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, off the bat. I know what's in there, you know? I mean, I, I don't know everything that's in there. I no, had one guy I memorize still, it. Oh, yeah. It's a. He read it. Okay. Full disclosure I have literally not read a single DD book. <gasps> and I refuse to do it. <laughs> <laughs> because I am the craziest person on the planet when it comes mm. to like just sitting and inhaling content. Mad oh, respect. Character my character class but that's because i had to to build my character but aside from that i've done nothing and that's why i, I love this product too because it's like it, it's like the laziest thing ever i don't have to deal with books and going through pages and pages and stuff but yeah i love being the person who just shows up and is like okay so what are we doing assassinating who now and <laughs> i respect I it i respect it and, and it seems also yeah. that you're more story driven like you would want like you want to role play that character of yours and and really dive into the story versus get 
um, clunky with the rules and, and, you know, cause I, I like the rules. Yeah, that's fine. But it's clunky sometimes it, you, you, you know, I do like a little bit of bite and crunch to it. I like to, you know, if, if that makes sense, like I really like it, but when it comes to a story, like if, you know, for example, if I DM someone and they say, I want to be an ASMR, let's just say it like that. Well, the official rules for ASMR and the official lore behind it is great, but like in my world, it's completely different. And that's, I'm more excited to share that than to say, oh yeah, the ASMR does plus, has plus two to this, 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 and that, or whatever. Like I'm more excited about the story and the lore behind it. Plus it makes it really difficult to make a game because you honestly just don't know <laughs> anything. Oh yeah. No, my, my players, one, one particular player um, read the, read the monster manual back to like, like, because coming from a video game background, he thought, okay, if I memorize the monsters, I know what I can do. So therefore there's definite metagaming. The whole thing. I know, right? but the thing is though, is that in my world, all the monsters are completely different. Like, I know I'm very sneaky. Um, like goblins in my world, actually use a lot of pack tactics so what they'll do is that they just like gnomes because in my world goblins and gnomes are actually descended from the same uh people they were made by the same goddess like created by um the same goddess excuse me except goblins manipulated dark magic and then gnomes um stuck to more science so the gnomes in my world are like steampunk. They are like, think of like if Rome, like the Roman Empire was steampunk. So that's how they, that's how they kind of operate, but they still have the same, you know, three or four goblins will go to an adventurer and just, you know, attack them and attack them and attack them. And you know what? That doesn't really say it in the monster manual. Um, they just think differently. They, they will shout orders if there's a magic caster and immediately when the magic caster, you know, they, you know, send their spell or they cast their spell, all the goblins will essentially, it's like a beacon. They get attracted to the magic and they actually have, they feel the urge to, um, rush them. So my creatures are completely different. Um, which was a bit of a surprise to this particular player. But anyway, I digress. Um, so, but that's what I love about D&D. &D. No, yeah. that's, that's the beauty of the entire D&D &D thing is that like we all have different ways of playing it. I mean, somebody who wants to play the game knowing every single creature, I mean, go for it. That also challenges the DM to make it like unique. Uh, one thing that I do is... I take these very basic creatures, like a basilisk or a minotaur, something that like everyone knows all the time. Except me. Except you, of course. <laughs> but, but you know, like, like, um, like, uh, uh, and I'll build an adventure around it that okay. says nothing about it. Says nothing about mm. what these creatures are. You know, there's only these clues because you're not opening the quest by saying, "Hey, go kill the minotaur." It's like. No, there's a creature in some weird ruin that's been attacking people. Go find out what that is and stop it. And so you show up. You don't even see the creature. You see what the creature has done. And so you start to build it together. Hints. So, yeah, like hints, like, huh, hoof prints. But there's it's a biped hoof print. Like, what could it be? Even veteran players struggle to be like, okay, biped with hoofs could be a lot of different things, you know, still. Sure. Um, and but eventually, of course, the veteran players will start to know, like, okay, we're dealing with the Minotaur now, but you have to play the character who doesn't know what's going on. The character Absolutely. has no idea what a Minotaur is, doesn't know if it's a Minotaur, period. And so, I like, I really like to explore that little thing. I, I'm also a very, like, I'm a very, like, rules lawyer kind of DM, uh, and I'm very, like, I like, I'm very article about things like you know for instance the goblin stuff you know like i look at the goblin's intelligence score and i determine what would it behave like or what would the wisdom score what would it behave like with those mm. wisdom and intelligence you know and maybe they're not smart enough to do those pack tactics but you know that's just the way that i play it 
Whereas someone like Nyan over here, she improvises everything. The yeah. creature serves a, a, a purpose, not because of its stats, but because of what you want it to be. Yeah. You know? And I like that. But I also like that, though. I like that a lot. I like how, you know, you take kind of like the scores of those creatures and say, okay, based upon these scores, how would they act and how do they do these things? Um, and for me, I actually, cause my world has been running for five years, you know, right now it's, it's kind of a baby in the sense of like, can't like ongoing campaigns compared to like a lot of folks out there who have 20, 30, 40 year campaigns, like, oh, really? oh yeah. <laughs> so do you know, Ray, AK got DM? Okay. He's like a terrain crafter and whatnot. Um, he's a really awesome guy. I actually play in his homebrew game. That game's been going on for 28 years in real life. That's insane. That's amazing. That's it's, amazing. I regret how late we discovered DFE, you know? Well, like, you just got to make up with it by playing every day. Just saying. You know, we, we were playing three campaigns last year. Nice. Year. We, we uh, just now we're down, down to, to, one. to one campaign a week and you know some 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 encounters that i do on the weekends and such but we have like a friday game and a and i started to do more of a saturday game but well maybe we'll catch up yeah, well, we'll catch listen up. maybe maybe the way you catch up is by joining my game and joining my campaign just saying offers out there Ooh. just Ooh. saying that's a dangerous offer. That is dangerous. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, if you've ever played with Nyan, she is, uh, she, she, if I be cray cray, she's so Nyan is a <laughs> very what we want. player. Me, me being a DM, I'm a very like predictable player. I kind of play right into the character, and I and you know exactly what I'm doing. I know my flaws. I know my bonds, and I'm just like, mm -hmm. you know, like you can get where I'm going with my character. Mm -hmm. Nyan loves chaotic rogue chaotic uh, wild magic sorcerer kind of crazy and she will derail the train so fast but listen listen that's fine because the thing is in my world anything that you do other players like let's say because right now i have like two groups that i'm dming if you were to do something it might hinder another group in, and that group may interact with you. And I, it's, well, it's funny because I have to give credit as well. Ray has been doing this. So his homebrew, you know, the, 20, the one that's been going on for 28 years, he's been doing that for 28 years. I thought I was cool. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to do this interesting thing. And then Ray casually tells me, yeah, man, I've had this campaign for 30 years. And you have, you know, because he DMs like 50 people. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, group one, you know, they did something six months in real time. And then it got messed up because another player um, decided to do something. And I was like, dang it. I thought I had a good idea. I guess it's a, I guess it's still a good <laughs> idea because he's doing it and he's basically, you know, perfected it. But it and that's what I told myself that I was like, OK, I'm following the right track. But yeah, it, my world's like that. Also, good ideas are a dime a dozen. It's all about execution. Very true. Yep. Very true. Ninety percent of the is execution. I mean, because even our term of summoning idea, it's not something new. We didn't reinvent the wheel. We didn't do anything out of the box. It was something that was out there. In fact, a lot of DMs at Adventures League were already doing things like that. We just it's polished all it. polished it, it and executed it yeah. well. And of course, we added a few, like, you know, innovations. I mean, I have a design background. I put in some interesting design innovations that I found was useful through playtesting. And mm -hmm. also, like, the folded card, like, stuff like that, you know. But it's, it's essentially the same kind of reference card that people are used to. It's just polished. You know, you take that idea and you execute it, you know. Uh, a good idea is great but it won't get anywhere unless you put the work in to make it real. Yeah. But it kind of goes back to, so, so I was saying that Nyan is a, is a derailer. She derailed. <laughs> but, and so when I play with her, I, I could plan something. I could plan an encounter. I could plan a story. I could plan an entire campaign. Mm -hmm. It will all mean nothing as soon as it hits. Me. 
that Diane will say, wait, you said something about that forest over there. I'm like, yeah, but, but don't go there. It's like, but I want to. And I'll just be like, okay, I have to like on the fly come up with all these other encounters now. But that's kind of how I came up with the Tome of Summoning because okay. I needed all of my things in my hand at that moment, you know? Or uh, come up with things. To come up with things quickly, minute. you know, like, uh, like if like if I had pulled out all my minis or something, or if I had only set stuff up, set terrain up or set maps up only for one thing and the players didn't go there, <laughs> it's just, okay, I have to figure something out or I'm going to have to force my players, railroad my players into this encounter. And me as a player, I don't like being railroaded, even though I'm yeah. very predictable and I, I can kind of smell where the DM wants us to go and I can kind of mold my story around to go to it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Nyan is hard to, <laughs> it's hard to mold. She's a free you spirit. You don't fool me, DM. <laughs> and hey, and you know what? <laughs> you, you are a free spirit and you know what? I respect it. And so I would have to like improvise, like, okay, going to the forest, I need giant spiders and I'll just open the tome, get the giant spiders out. And then I'll have these maps, these paper printout maps of mm. a, a random patch of forest. And I'll say, okay, you get here now. and giant spiders attack you. And then, you know, like, yeah, that'll eat up like an hour of time. <laughs> and then she's like, nope, I'm leaving the spiders. And then just like, okay, let's come up with something new now, you know? No, I definitely hear that. And that's where like, I think that, well, first off, like, I think y'all should really play in my campaign. Just saying, just like, I'm, I'm recruiting you. Um, uh, yeah, after this, we will uh, get the logistics down. And we'll play anyway. No, <laughs> no, no. Only if y'all want, but re but, but seriously, I think that's a fantastic idea because like being able to basically have everything at the palm, like really like at a hand, like at an arm's length where you can literally just grab it. Here you go. Or, you know, you can say, oh, you did this. Let me look through this. Got it. Here you go. And now you got it. Because it could be like a magic item that you're like, oh, yes, I did pack this for the ranger um, who made some sort of, you know, commitment or move or whatever it may be. Here you go. I've, I thought I forgot, but here's the magic item. There you go. But I, I want to go back just one second because you mentioned something and you were talking about your passion and making it like, you know, your passion turned profit. And we were talking about it specifically with like professional DMing. But I feel like a lot of times, and, and I want to hit that because I feel that a lot of times we um, in, the, in the community as content creators, we get a lot of people who support it. We get a lot of people who are like, you know what, we support you. Let's give you this amount for a Kickstarter. Like, let's, let's really like do this great thing. But then I also get people in the on the other side of the community that are like, the fact that y'all want to make money from this is absurd. You should just be doing it out of the goodness of your heart. And at least in my experience, that has been like polar opposites. There's never someone in the middle that says, hey, like X, Y, Z thing. I wanted to get your opinion on that. What do you think about kind of the, the two sides of the argument? And I mean, I think I know where y'all stand, but in reality, what do y'all think to that? And how would you tell play or, you know, folks in the audience who kind of, now I don't want to convince them because I don't want to impose my will upon anyone, but I would rather like, how would you explain the benefits of following, you know, kind of following that mentality of like, follow your passion, make it into something that you can do every day uh, as a living? Well, I think. So polarity might also exist because this is just such a new industry. This is such mm. a new way of making money. Um, and not just in D&D, but just the creative route of like creating content and Patreons and things like that. It's For sure. just so new. Like even us doing our Kickstarter, like some of the challenges we faced were like if we wanted to reach out to a marketing company to help us with the marketing plan or anything they didn't even know how to wrap their brain around something like D&D because it's so new and you know that posed some new challenges so I think there there's probably a lot of polarity because it's just something really new in the industry and some people 
recognize the value and they're like yeah sure. you, go, you go girl you go make that money from the internet. and then there are other people who are like well this is supposed to be a hobby like stop making it into a business but dnd takes a lot of work like it does the amount of work i watch lee put in to just prep for a game blows my mind like i would personally not be able to put that kind of time and so so the people who are making it into content or product are actually putting in a lot of work and effort and for people who might not be seeing the amount of work and effort that goes into True. it might be easier for them to be like hey this is just supposed to be fun and games and you're making this into this business thing but the thing is like in today's age we're all trying to hustle and survive and earn a living and on yes. top of that we're putting content and work and effort into something it's only fair that you know that we can hope to get something in return from it uh, and, and I, you know, sorry, no 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 you 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 go ahead because i i i'm i'm really inspired by what you're saying because you like you're nailing it in my head i yeah. it makes sense exactly and like if you can say make your passion into your career with music or art or any of this and why thank is this you. any different right? thank you like neither of us had a background in this like this was not our thing we only just started playing dnd two years ago i had a very thriving career in architecture i was managing hundreds of projects across the state and managing the energy efficiency oh wow very high job all of that and i decided to give that up not because like i was hoping to make oodles of money doing this because it was really fun and there was a lot of work that went into it and i got to know a whole new set of people that i would have never met mm-hmm. if i had lived in my old lifestyle right like now i have a whole new set of friends who are all dnd nerds mm-hmm. and they had uh, tabletop role playing and like all those different new and like gaming world really actually like board gamers and things like that and it's unlocked this new world for me that has been such an incredible journey and if i can make that into my new life and make a sustainable living off of it i feel like that should be uh, and and i mean not just okay but i am a huge proponent of it like i can't yeah. tell you how many times i've talked to creators that i've gotten to know who are who are not monetizing this hobby yet and i've told them like there's a huge market out there that you can be monetizing you're so good at what you do that it should be bigger than just like your 20 or 50 followers oh, you yeah. know Yeah. I mean, we have friends who make who spend so much time crafting this content, but then, you know, they can't keep up with doing it because they said, "Yeah, I think I have to stop doing this because it's taking so much time and I can't, you know, and I have I, a job. I have a job. And I have, I have, a have kid to do this. and and know. in my brain, I think if you just market it well and yeah. you can get sponsors, you can get just an audience put together, you know, he wasn't advertising or like these like these creators aren't advertising or trying to treat it like it is a a a a a business and when you do that suddenly you start to feed yourself off of your passion and i think every like every creative should be able to feed themselves off of a passion you know you just got to place the right work in the right places because we all make such beautiful things and it, like it would be a shame if a beautiful thing was robbed from the world because you had to go you know shovel coal in a in a in a in a furnace somewhere you know yeah. <laughs> and it's it's like yeah this artist is great but he stopped because he had mm. to go family this is if if people can monetize their creativity then it's just more food for people who are let's say not monetizing right who are the players and individuals who are not trying to monetize for sure then, then there's so much more content for those people so oh, yeah. i feel like it's such a win win that I mean again it's me trying to influence but I'm I'm partially guess because I'm in the industry now but I just don't see the the flaw or the drawback for sure and and I actually have two things to say one my first question would be are you happy are you happy doing this oh. and it, and if it's a yes so happy so happy I mean even in the covid year right like D&D has been such a relief in so many ways like 
it, it feels like you can be in your bubble, this universe that you've created with your friends. You get to meet people constantly. You get to create content. Mm-hmm. Our Kickstarter community has been so supportive and positive. It was, it was kind of mind-blowing. It was like complete strangers who would message us and tell us things like, your product has made my day. And like, I work in a hospital and my... I just oh, that's so divorce, awesome. But wow. That it's just so pumped. And like hearing things like that is just insane. Like it just makes you so happy and you feel so content. And it's feel, awesome that you can. I don't know. It's just. It's it's awesome, and, and I I get DMs a lot as well, and but on Instagram where it's like, hey, like thank you for the content that you've given me because it is helping in my game, or it does this. It brings you know blah 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 blah. I've used this before in my game, and it's been fun. And I'm like, you know what? Like I'm because I never thought like for me. I think of because, you know, with the bearded nerd and I'll be upfront and honest with all with everyone in the audience and followers, whatever you want, you know, the, the, the crew, as I call it, the bearded nerd crew. And you don't have to have a beard in order to be a nerd, my friends, just saying. Um, hey, you know what? Listen, everyone's welcome. I'm just saying you can, you know, it's not about the beard on your face. It's the beard in, in your heart. heart. <laughs> I'm writing that quote down and I'm going to quote y'all on that note. It's done. It's the beard in your heart. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, 2%. No worries. I got y'all 2%. No worries. Um, no, but, but seriously, like I, I think like for me, it's like, okay, if I love what I do, right. If I create things that I love to do, not only am I happy, but I'm contributing to the community which therefore, because I mean, if we're going to, if the community is going to buy it, right, if they're going to buy something, why not I create the thing that I want to have in my own game? Like if, I, like I'm thinking as a consumer, like if I would, like I would want to use the stuff that I have, like the, the world that I play in, the magic items that I create, the monsters, the con i mean the consultancy so to speak that i like to do for free that is hey this is how you build a world this is what you do like yeah why not offer that as a service and product on the market in the entire world was created like that exactly somebody somebody else wanted something and they made it and then they sold that's exactly what you're doing it's no different from anything else in the market yeah. And, and it's, I don't think it's an abuse of the hobby. I personally don't think so. On the contrary, I think by supporting content creators out there, what you're doing is actually helping out a small business because like mm-hmm. Wizards of the Coast, you know, they're great and they have a great part of the market. They do their thing. Paizo with Pathfinder, you know, Games Workshop with Warhammer Fantasy, like all, like there's a place for all that. But there's a place for the content creators that either want to start their own business or they want to start their own business, sell it, and then maybe work for Wizards of the Coast or do whatever. But you got to start somewhere. So the fact that you jump onto it, it goes from there. Well, the number one reason also people get into D&D is creativity, right? And if the only people who are producing the content, let's say, is Wizards of the Coast, Right? Mm-hmm. That's one company with one perspective. Oh, yeah. Whereas these creators are creating different perspectives, different ideas, different art, different characters, different storytelling styles, all these things. So it's not just, I mean, it's not just about somebody monetizing, but it's expanding what the D&D universe can be. Yeah, that's exactly. A lot of people's eyes, that's which exactly is what the, it's all about. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly the point I was going to bring up was that Uh, not just about feeding content creators to make more content, but it also pushes pushes the envelope of what D&D is and can Mm -hmm. be. You know, we have content creators who are suddenly incentivized to continue developing something. You have people coming up with new and great and brilliant ideas, and it just keeps adding and adding. Reinventing the wheel. not just reinventing the wheel, but making the wheel better, you know, like yeah. shock absorber wheel. Attach, you know, attach <laughs> that wheel, wheel to an engine and you suddenly have a car. And yes. so you when like when people see that they can, you know, spend all of their time developing something, it just makes that thing even better. Yeah. And 
you know, like with with anything that like with any creative thing that starts in the world, like you know, film or photography or something, it starts off as just a hobby. Film was just a hobby. Nobody saw movies in movie theaters, but eventually people started to make like to sell tickets to a to a to a to a moving picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, hobby started to become a profession. The profession grew into an industry. And now we have all the Marvel movies in the world and people can't get enough of them because artists were incentivized to make it. Creators were incentivized to keep building, keep making better things, you know, like Star Wars or Star Trek. Same example, like I would look at small creators like indie movies, right? We're out there expanding the envelope or the box and getting creative about what maybe the mainstream already does. And so I would think like, quote unquote, Wizards of the Coast would be the mainstream in this example. And mm-hmm. all these creators that really envelope like indie movies do. Yeah. And Wizards of the Coast may look at things that creators are making and they adapt them or adopt them, you know? Yeah. And, you know, hopefully it's in a way that, that you know, like credits the original creator. But still, whether like whether or not that happens, the argument that this is somehow detrimental to the hobby is just it doesn't make sense to me it's mm-hmm. no if nothing if no one developed anything that would be detrimental to the hobby could you yeah. imagine if dungeons and dragons was stagnated after the first edition uh, the first edition well, yeah that would just be wizards yeah. of the coast or wizards of the yeah. coast just nothing. stagnated they just made it once and then that's it hey Don't critical, touch it ever again. critical role won't exist Critical Role wouldn't Because that started yeah. with a hobby. The voice actor who was like, you know what? I want to play a game and yeah. record it. Could you imagine if all those voice actors had to move on to go do movie gigs or animation gigs because they couldn't monetize their 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 Critical Role podcasts? I mean, this would be a whole different D&D world if Critical Role weren't around. Cosplay Absolutely. Wouldn't happen the same way. Yeah, cosplay wouldn't happen the same way. Like, so much mm. is built on incentivizing a creator to create. Yeah. And so when someone says that, you know, D&D is supposed to be like, like, you know, like just free, you should provide all these things for free. And to say that it says, you're you know, limiting. you're like, like you're, you're limiting people. You're limiting the entire thing just because you want it one way. And yeah, you know, I'm sure like there are tons of people who make stuff for free and power to them. I say like, I like, I don't know where these guys pull this, <laughs> Pull this time and energy and effort out to like make free things forever. Yeah. To me, that's like, you know, like like they're a more powerful creator than I can be because I have to eat. You know, <laughs> I have to make money yeah. to eat, and so I need to justify my towards these things. But, well, it's yeah, getting to just, a. Just, well, no, you're you're right though. You're absolutely right because like, and you you mentioned the topic of like. You know, if it was just wizards, well, if it was just wizards, you wouldn't have some of the cool ideas that other folks have out there, right? You wouldn't have the magic items that people have made. I mean, and talking about the free stuff, like, you know, I'll post something on Instagram. Well, I post pretty frequently and like I'll post my magic items or random generators for free because I, you know, it's, it's always back to the community. But at one point, and and you know, the way I think about it is, and and I do this for free because one, I really like I like sharing my ideas to make sure that you know they're not bad ideas because you know if, if folks in the community think you know what how would this work it makes me think oh if folks in the community who are potential players would see this item and if they don't like it then perhaps I need to change it. Or if people like the item, then I'm like, okay, then my personal players would like it or really anyone, which again, just in my opinion, it's like, yeah, I mean, there are plans for me to actually, there are some projects underway where y'all might be getting some, you know, monsters and magic items soon. Um, Right now on a digital platform, just because that might be the best way to go. And, and plus like digital's a great way to, to start, right. Instead of physical copies at the moment, um, and kind of starting the Kickstarter route, digital is great. But actually, I I, I, I agree with you. I think that's uh, I think giving content creators their due through you know the exchange of whatever you know if they charge nineteen ninety nine for something, like 
they're doing it for a reason. And the market is always going to balance it out. And the market will always tell the content creator, hey, you know, this is good or this is bad. But speaking about Kickstarter and whatnot, I know y'all have some things going down in the pipeline. Could you talk a little bit about it and talk about any of the projects that are coming up where folks can support you and folks can kind of uh, gravitate towards? If not, if it's super secret, I get it. No worries. Oh. <laughs> so projects, I mean, we're constantly talking about projects. As I said, like D&D is so creative. You can really keep going forever and ever. Future projects. I mean, what we're working on now is something that has to take focus because yeah. we built this Kickstarter on the idea of delivering this product and we are hell bent on making sure it gets out. So that's what our time has been filled with. But absolutely project is always, there's, an, and there's infinite things that could be done. We, yeah, we haven't quite nailed down a lot of future projects, as Lee said. So we're just a people company, yeah. and we're trying to lift off Dome of Summoning. So a lot of our energy right now is still going into that core product. Uh, but uh, after Kickstarter was successful, we basically got into production mode, and we just recently, last week actually, uh, opened the pre-order store for our product. So cool. That anyone who has missed the Kickstarter, can now go and buy, um, you know, all all the parts and pieces of our yep. product in our pre-order store. Get so, those, get those bundles, get those reference cards. Yeah, get the tone. get the cool deals before it goes yeah. hits the market for like a higher MSRP. So that's yeah. sort of what we're doing right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. Backers also. Oh, sweet. So they end up in stores on shelves. Yeah. You may see it on a shelf somewhere and. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah we'll, we have a few. We have a few. We'll have to see. I mean, like you'll have. I mean, the the the, the is a big big place, so uh, it's going to be in a very few uh, shelves. But <laughs> that may change, you know. And and uh, uh, the pre order store is kind of just the next step into us getting this idea out to the rest of the world. Well, uh, but we could probably touch on a few project ideas we're thinking of. Uh, mostly we're thinking of in expansion packs because right now our dome uh, we have about 200 creatures that we'll have with this yeah. particular project i guess we should also kind of for people who've never heard of what our product is our product is actually a, give a quick description of what to it give is. a quick description our product is packs of, of reference cards that are folded so that you can hang them on dm screens or keep them behind your screen so that they're very easy to reference i I like it this way because when I had those flat reference cards, I could not lift them up or they took up too much space. Whereas mm -hmm. propping them up and folding them and making them able to hang. And these are reference cards for creatures. For creatures. Yep. Yeah, your orcs, your ogres, your goblins, everything. You can put them up. You can use them as in initiative trackers. They're multi-purpose. Uh, but those reference cards plus art that you know uh, that that I design, characters that I design, and um, Paper minis, sized paper that minis match. that go that match with it. Nice. They also have little letters so that you can tell, like this is Goblin A, Goblin B, Goblin C, so that I can uh, write them down and keep. Oh my god! So you don't have to say like, wait, did I hit that red jelly bean or was it the other red jelly bean? <laughs> is that jelly bean dead? Yet? Okay. Yeah. So so this way, it's just a little easier to track easier combat. To track. Not just for players, but for the DM because we have them labeled A, B, C, D. Mostly for Absolutely. <laughs> I hear I that. It, I could do this job better. So if anybody else gets a, gets a kick out of it, great. But some of the other things that I really like about it is that our reference cards, the side which has the art, doesn't mm -hmm. name of the creature. And that is to maintain the mystery of what oh. creature And you encounter this creature and you present the art and people are like, ooh, yeah. what's that? And not that, hey, you come across an orc and then all the people who know what an orc is are Orcs, like, yeah, ready great to... axes, javelins, they have aggressive feature. And if you can just keep that word out of their minds, just say, you see this green skinned creature with tusks and, and is very violently accosting you. And uh, that, 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 that creates a new sense of mystery. Some people may get it quickly, but especially for new players, like a lot of my Adventures League players were new players, when you could present them something and let them experience the magic of discovering what a basilisk is for the first time. Mm -hmm. And they say, that blue lizard with spikes on its back, 
all the other players at the table are kind of look all the veteran players kind of just looking at each other just like i know exactly what that is yeah but then you just like, no, don't tell the new player because then they get to experience that magic like i look at it and then like that's that's the wrong answer you are you are suddenly petrified but yeah. but but that's what these this product is and well, uh, and the part that i love just because i am a person who loves organization and management and stuff is the tome so all these cards fit inside these pocket pages inside mm-hmm. this really beautiful tome and what's really great is depending on your dming style you can organize all your creatures however you like it could be alphabetical it could be the creature level it could be by whatever other methodology dungeon master wants to manage them so that way you're like oh i need an orc okay go into o and i have all my o creatures right there and you pull it out and it comes with all the minis oh yeah the, the paper minis because the card is folded and it goes into a card pocket you can, can put all your paper minis we designed so all the paper minis can fit inside the card that you hold and put it in and that way you have one paper uh, you have one pocket page that has your minis and the card in so you can just pull out or like one pull you can grab all of the things you need for the creature. i love that yeah so basically yeah, basically in one binder, so to say, you have hundreds of creatures and potentially thousands of minis in one binder. Thousands. And, thousands, dang. Really? Yeah, thousands? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, at least over a thousand, if not more. Yeah, no, Depends that's true. on yeah. Yep. Uh, so so you and you have all that in one binder and you have a great way to organize and a great way to present and manage the space behind the dungeon master screen and do all of those things with just this one thing oh, yeah. so that's sort of like yeah. the gist of the product yeah. the tome is also studded leather looks pretty nice i <laughs> i mean i mean Nian, i designed that yeah i designed was... that and i was just like this looks like leather armor i really like this well now for the folks that weren't enthused by the organization capabilities and everything else it's made of leather so now we gotta buy it just saying because that you see i like stuff like that i I like there's so many things that are like well okay well okay for because i'm I'm getting too excited about the the leatheriness of said pro of said tome um because now for me i think about it it's like oh this is now a prop as well for my game like it is a prop that is practical and the fact that it just has that organizational management is really nice because again, it's for what, whatever game that you're DMing or that you're GMing, whatever it may be like, I'm sorry, if you're going to have a successful game, if you're organized, like that's just what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. If it's, if, you, if you're not organized, it's not going to work. Exactly. I'm a huge fan of organization. And just because something is utilitarian doesn't mean it has to be ugly. It Thank can you. be in a beautiful package uh, and you can still be very utilitarian. Like, I think that's something I look for whenever I'm looking for any product out there in the market. I, I want something that gives me utility mm-hmm. and it looks good, right? Because yeah. a lot of products out there in the market give you the utility, but then they look like crap, honestly. <laughs> yeah, they're, they don't and look so clean. They, they don't look sleek. They don't look um, the way it should. And, I, and that's a big thing because the exactly. aesthetic is really important, yeah, at least yeah. in my And opinion. I come from a very designer background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that was very important to me. Um, and so that's why I, I did the, the, the dome design and the dungeon screen design, like the leather stuff was me, oh, yeah. which was super fun. Yeah, and you get a, I mean, you can get a dungeon master screen that's made of the same leather that your tome is. So you've got it's the whole- beautiful and matching. You got the whole shebang. <laughs> Well, now um, that yeah, that's our product right there. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who might not have uh, caught what what kind of what we actually make. Well, that's legit, and that's honest. That's beautiful. Like that, that, that just sounds that that leather. Just again, I love the aesthetics because the aesthetics is what catches you, right? Because um, it can it could be all studded, ooh, oh, man. studded oh, leather. Man. Sorry, I excuse me, I don't. Um, studded leather, my friends. Leather armor and studded leather armor. Huge true. difference. True. Very true. That's very true. You're right. Nerds. Nerd. I mean, that, one, that, plus one, that plus one AC can be life or death. You're not wrong. 
Yeah. Just saying. Has plus one AC. All right, perfect. You see, folks. So if that didn't convince, if nothing convinces you, you have plus one AC now because of your binder. Just attune to it. Remember, because this is special. This requires attunement. Of course. But when it comes to future products, because that's what we started this. Oh yeah, thing with, I was. Is- Thinking of what's coming up on the horizon for us at home with Summoning. Yeah, I think we're thinking, looking into like expansion packs because, as I mentioned, we have about 200 creatures now, and mm-hmm. there's like way too many creatures out in the world to stop at 200, mm-hmm. right? Like, and uh, we might want to partner with creators who already have creatures, custom creatures they've made, and we'll have like booster packs and things like that, or. Um, potentially coming up with an adventure book which would be using all the creatures we've already released so it's mm-hmm. a double book if you have all the creatures and you have the book of adventures then you can use the creatures and so uh, just a little double benefit oh, yeah. so those are some of the next ideas we're going with yeah um, and i mean tome of summoning could become a platform for other creators to put their stuff in and that i mean that's something that maybe like the, that we that we hope that maybe that's what this could become is mm-hmm. you know if, if 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 somebody created like a bunch of custom characters and mm-hmm. we look at it and say this is amazing uh let's put it on some cards and like put it into a pack make it available for everyone make it available to everyone you know like yeah, yeah. In a whole, uh, like you know kind of bring it to everyone's tables yeah um make it for sure yeah. i mean summoning is to us is growing i mean it started off as this one this one idea and you know it could spiral into our own series of adventure books it started with home printed cutouts started with home printed cutouts that i see that's right my job and i just showed up (laughs) this league and started to play around with but well i mean that's how things work that's how things happen like i i know for sure like for me i like who knows you know, when I first started the Bearded Nerd, I was just wanting to help folks have a better, you know, I noticed that so many people had questions, but I also noticed that so many people would ask like forum in, you know, like in different forums, like, Hey, what should I do for this? Or what should I do for that? And a lot of folks didn't have clear cut answers or just got confused because the core, you know, to find the answer was very hard, even if you Googled it, like, and if you did all these other things, it was hard. So for me, it was just a matter of, okay, well, the, there's a problem and I can provide the solution by just giving out advice and giving out items and, and doing all that stuff. It really just started out with me giving out advice and then it just kind of grew into like, oh, like, well, now I like to share these magic items, which is within itself is an example of how I do things. It's always balanced. It's always, you know, there, there's a certain rhyme and reason to it. So I think, you know, the way we start doesn't really matter. It's how we like continue to go forward and, and progress forward and, and really finish at the end of the day. But, you know, I, I really enjoyed and really it was a pleasure to have you all here to talk about this because, you know, I love that idea. And I love to see folks within the community, especially content creators and whatnot, who create beautiful things you know, not only from a D&D perspective, but just create beautiful things and um, and products and really be able to kind of like showcase it and give the spotlight to y'all. So I really thank y'all for coming on to the show. It, it's been awesome. Thanks thank for, having, for having, us having us and asking such riveting questions. This is great. I know. Well, now you have to come back on because what I would like to do is um, um, perhaps next time we can talk about uh, where your characters are at in my campaign and also talk about the uh, bonus packs that y'all would have and the added booster packs that you would have. So the audience now knows that, hey, they're going to come back and now I'm holding you to it. So now you have a bunch of witnesses who now you can't get it out. You, you can't get out of it. All right. Kate. Nope. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but seriously, thank y'all for coming. I really appreciate it. Folks in the audience, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Um, as always, I like to place the links um, to where y'all can be found. I know y'all have Instagram, and that's one um, that I think uh, would serve a great purpose for folks to kind of visually see everything. But what's another good link? Um, well, I know your Kickstarter would be a great uh, link as well that folks can go to. So you can really, if you, 
you can find us on Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just find Dome of Summoning. Awesome. And website. Just go to www.tomeofsummoning.com. And there you go. Has and to everywhere you need to go. The best place, though, is our Kickstarter because that has the video and all the details of the product and the mm-hmm. art and stuff. So the best place is... Oh. Go to Kickstarter and just search Tomo You can see all of my animation prowess in its glory. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll put the links to both, to both your website and the Kickstarter so that folks can uh, check out both. So, you know, that that would uh, hopefully folks can see all the studded leather and they can and they can say, hey, you know what? I need this plus one AC binder and tome in my collection. But no, but seriously, folks, thank you so much. Wait, what? Oil purple and the ebony black. Uh (laughs) Oh, dang. So basically, um, I can live out my warlock fantasies. Got it. Got it. Keep that in the back burner. Just saying. (laughs) No, but seriously, thank y'all so much for hanging out with us. And thank you so much for being on the show. And folks out there, thank you for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Be kind and compassionate to one another. It's some crazy times right now. We all just need a little bit more kindness. But most importantly, y'all, keep gaming.